Well, but let's, try, let's try something a little bit different this evening. Uh, it, it's a rather lengthy portion of scripture. Why, why don't we have a seat? And uh, I am going to not read it all the way through first. I'm going to go verse by verse and offer a bit of commentary. This section is a little bit like the book of James. The book of James doesn't really outline very well. And if I were to preach a sermon on each verse, you might not like me as your pastor anymore. So I think what I'm going to do is just what I announced to do. I'm just going to read and offer commentary, maybe a couple of few of these verses, join them together, and we'll have a commentary. But the, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep referring to this. The context of this is altogether critical. If we, if we just open our scriptures and come to this section and read it, and it's all a bunch of commandments, we're going we're gonna to really miss the forest for the trees. Keep in mind that God's intent is to draw people to himself from the world, to distinguish them. And as he is the only living God and the holy God, then his people are to uh, distinguish themselves as the people of the holy God, and they are to show some of, of the characteristics of, of the one they worship. Um, so th that, that, that's very, very important. The other thing that is wonderful to see is the recurrence of uh, very important themes to the Hebrews as, as a people. And uh, these things are repeated um, in their festivals and in their Sabbaths and in other laws, particularly slavery we saw last time, uh, which, which should be a very, very important teaching uh, to a people that have just been liberated from Pharaoh. And, and it is. And so they, what they sense is they, they, they have experienced, they have tasted, they have tasted what liberty is, is, is about uh, in contrast with the heavy, heavy <coughs> uh, tyranny of Pharaoh, the, un, the injustice. And um, always keep in mind that that is what God is doing in our lives. He, he is drawing us out of the world. He's called us out of the world which is as Pharaoh and his household. It's a dominion of law, of sin and darkness. I'm not talking about geographically the planet. I'm talking about that system that is against the Lord, against the kingdom, and against his anointed. That's called the world. And he's, he's making a distinction of Israel from Egypt. He's making a distinction of the Christian uh, in the church from the world. So uh, I think you'll be able to see <clears throat> this uh, more and more as we step through uh, some uh, of this uh, material, and, but I want to say that um, one of the one of the uh, the ways that reform the reformed and Calvinistic churches distinguish uh, themselves from other churches is the way we interpret Scripture, and that is that we do not merely stop, stop at the letter of what is written. We also mull things over, uh, and we uh, will compare Scripture to Scripture, and we will uh, consider that which in our minds, if we use good reason and logic, if we're careful, is uh, absolutely consequential from uh, absolutely consequential from the teaching, a good and necessary consequence. 
then that good and necessary consequence, though it is not in ink on your Bible page, that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. And, and that's what the Spirit is teaching uh, even the ancient people of God here. The moral law in the Ten Commandments is set in stone by the finger of God and the voice of God. And it's a very, very different way of, of revealing His will than any other. So you have, you have the Ten Commandments in stone, and you have the rest of Scripture that is written. But even then, not every single circumstance in life is going to be uh, fall into place. But as we learn uh, from the Lord, the teacher, how the various good and necessary consequences in the case law and Israel apply and relate back to the moral law, then we also will learn how to handle all of Scripture and apply it ourselves. Without application, really, our faith doesn't have any feet. It, 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 it. The glory of religion, the glory of the Reformed faith is in, the, is in the improved obedience of the Christian. That is how the Reformed faith is distinguished. If we're only distinguishing ourselves on theory and on the academic part, uh, speculative theology, then there's room for any number of theologies. But if the biblical theology lends itself to a closer walk, a better walk, a more God-pleasing walk, a more faithful walk, well, that's the religion of the Bible. That's the religion of the Bible. So I, I hope you'll understand that. If you don't know what I'm making myself clear, I may not be making myself clear in short, shorthand here, but we can talk about it later. Let me begin with uh, Exodus 22, verse 16. And I'll say that, uh, again, I've already mentioned uh, the, the, the larger theme that, that over, overrides all of these sections, but I'll repeat it. It's teaching God's people are to demonstrate the goodness, the, the mercy, the justice, and the holiness of their God throughout all of life. This section does have two broad sections. One is religious activities and festivals, and then just regular civil life. Uh, this, in part, was done in Israel by obeying the particular civil laws of that time and by applying God's moral law universally thereafter. And that's where you get, uh, you know, you're always going to have discussion among teachers about what the law means and uh, what the law, how it should be applied, and that's okay. We're not going to get everything right in this life, but by God's help, we'll get the, the right, the big items right. All right, verse, uh, let's see, Exodus 22, verse 16. If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife. Well, campus life has got to have to change, I'm afraid. We've got, we've got a lot of loose behavior among our youth in the world today. Um, there's equity for the loss of virginity. Let's just think about this. But if her father utterly refuses to give her to him, again, <laughs> the, the father 
is the head of the daughter until she leaves the house. If the father declines the marriage normally, normally, upon good reason, then she should not go with the man. But uh, if her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the bride price for virgins. Uh, there's a dowry. <clears throat> the woman is not to be robbed of her virginity. Uh, it is uh, her purity has a great deal of worth in life. Let us remember that and uh, <clears throat> work wherever we can to keep our youth pure, men and women. Fathers, uh, be zealous to keep <clears throat> your boys and girls, your young men and women pure. Uh, verse 18, you should not permit a sorceress to live. The, the crimes in Israel are graded, and the crimes that displease God very, very much always include the death penalty. It's a capital offense. Why would a sorceress be executed? Well, the whole, the whole of the revelation of Jehovah is that the people trust the Lord, that they draw near to God and inquire of Him, invoke His name, just like in our, in our worship bulletin. We invoke the name of God. And if God is all in all, it is, it is absolutely treacherous to go to a sorceress. Now, a lot of people, um, some of you may think, well, that, that's so superstitious, a sorceress. It's, we're just having fun. Hey, you go to a sorceress, you know, like you go to a ball. You want to go to a ball game? Now, let's go visit the sorceress. You know, she's always full of you know, stupid ideas. It's dangerous. You're, um, you're playing with the enemy of everything good. She, sorcerers are of the devil, and they are uh, connected with the destroyer of everything good. If you want to go that way, think about what you're doing. But most people that go are utterly deceived, and that's why they go. It's a dangerous thing. There are increasing numbers of uh, sorcerers and sorcerers. It, by the way, the Hebrew word is sorceress because the Hebrew noun is, is in the feminine. It has nothing to do with the gender. The Hebrew, the Hebrew noun is in the feminine, and so uh, most, most of the English literature records it in the, as, a, as a feminine word. Uh, but the, it could be a, a warlock or a sorcerer, um, etc. The book of Revelation strang strangely condemns that, as if sorcery and all of that is going to continue to the end. And in my 37 years as a Christian, I have seen sorcery steadily increase, and now, in my opinion, it is exponentially increasing in America. There are whole cities in Florida, whole cities in Florida devoted to sorcery. And people go there as to Disney World. All right. Whoever lies with an animal shall be put to death. Animals are to breed in kind. Man uh, hybridizing or attempting anything sexual with an animal is utter contempt of the, of the creator. Utter, utter, utter confusion. Again, it's, it's unnatural, and so, again, the, the, the death penalty 
But more than that, it's, it's destructive. It, it, it basically says man is, enough, is no better than a creature, and it defies God who made him in his image. We are not to destroy, we are not to destroy the image of God. Whoever sacrifices to any God other than the Lord alone shall be devoted to destruction. The, the, this, this concept of devoting to destruction is again, uh, is, an, is an intense desire to cleanse uh, from an offense. It's one thing to commit a capital offense and suffer the death penalty, but to devote to destruction, well, I think, I think the only thing that I can liken it to is what Moses did to Aaron's golden calf, remember? He pulverized it. That's a complete annihilation of an idol. And that is what uh, needs to be done with idolaters, especially as we have the testimony of the living God uh, who is incomparable in glory. And uh, to trade that for a, a stock of wood is amazing. You should not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for if you, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Um, again, experience greatly shapes uh, Israel and uh, their ethics. The Lord led them through a period of uh, 400 years, 430 years, sojourning. That is to say, <coughs> there were resident aliens. Can you imagine a nation keeping its identity? its customs, its history for 430 years in a foreign land? That, that is, I don't know that any other nation's ever done that. Maybe they have, I, I don't, I'll con confess ignorance. But the, you know, calling of the name of, of, of the Lord and, and circumcision and the ways of Abraham, the parents teaching their ways, they were so different from the world. They were a sanctified people um, in the in the in the as, as a tribe of Abraham, so, but they they learned what it was like to be among uh, to, uh, be visitors in another people's land, and so they they should be of all people merciful and considerate to those that are resting or trysting or spending time in Israel. Uh, that is an extreme mercy and a compassion that they should know. You should not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them, they will cry out to me, and I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath, and my wrath will burn, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall become widows, and your children fatherless. It ought to raise the hair on your back. Not every sin is as every sin. Some have huge consequences. This one has the consequence of the Lord being the avenger. He has regard for the widow and the orphan. And James, uh, the, Lord, uh, the Lord's brother, says the same thing. That true religion resides in this, to visit uh, widows and orphans in distress. Now, keep that in mind when you see someone who's oppressed, who's a minority, who's a sojourner. It's an occasion not for you to mistreat them or abuse them, to ignore them. 
Don't look at them as their cash value on your employment or labor market. The Lord is the avenger in these things. And you see the equity. The law has its equity. In every place, look for the equity of the law. You must, you must treat the widow and the orphan. Your family will become widows and orphans. The law has strict equity. And this is why the cross makes sense. Mercy and justice have kissed. The debt of sin is equitably paid. The, uh, the infinite wrath of God upon a finite person, rather than uh, him, us, suffering in hell, we have the, uh, a finite suffering of, an, of a man of, an infinite, of infinite worth, Jesus. And, but the multiplication, the equation still works out and there's equity in the atonement for our sin. If you lend money to any of my people with whom you, who is poor, you shall not be like a moneylender to him. You shall not exact interest from him. If ever you take your neighbors, okay, let me stop there. Uh, this, this was a law in, in, in Israel for many, many years. And um, this was even a law in medieval Christianity in the Western church. And the idea is that we ought not to gain, we ought not to be the winners by our, our brother's poverty. Now, this, this is a very alien concept to us because we're, you know, maybe we're all free market people. I don't know what we are in this room. Who knows? But... Uh, banking practices tend to be more or less accepted by us, and it, the banks will do what banks do. They make money. They're usually the tallest building in every city. Have you noticed this? You know? Um, there is an unjust use of money. Um, the Jew who was cagey would get around this by having the people of friends take their loans out from foreigners. <laughs> And in the medieval church, the church was also duplicitous in that way, too. Uh, rather than establishing banks, they gave the responsibility of all money exchange to the Jews. And they're saying, <laughs> that's, that's a very silly thing to do, as if they were an inferior race. That's very, that's very, very silly. It's, it's wicked. If you take your neighbor's cloak in pledge, you shall return it in, uh, to him before the sun goes down. I see, I see one of our sisters here wearing a, a blanket. She wore a blanket last week. Uh, I'm glad none of you took it from her. But if anybody did take it from her, you needed to take, remove, just get it, restore it to her badly. She's going to need that. Uh, the, the lesson here, if there's a general equity, is... <sighs> The world does not around, uh, revolve around you. If, if, if you borrow a guy's lawnmower, he probably has a lawnmower because he needs it. Would you please return it to him within a reasonable time, okay? Uh, that's the general equity going on here. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of these things make sense by the law of love. The Lord is, we're not scribes here, and we're certainly not casuistas. The way to remember this is by the paradigm that God is love, and uh, he who loves God loves his neighbor. If we love our neighbor, we are loving God. He who loves, loves God, and is of God. All right. If you take your neighbor's cloak, then return, please. <clears throat> That's his only covering. It's his cloak for his body. What else will he sleep? And you hear the, you know, it's almost, this is beyond you, Jewish. This is almost a Yiddish expression. You can almost hear him say, 
what else is he going to sleep? You know, you can almost hear it in there, you know, New York. But if he cries to me, oh, there he goes again. The poor, they're crying out to The poor crying out to God. I will hear, for I am compassionate. Look, you don't want anybody crying out to the Lord because of your foul ethic. It's just a, it's just a real bad place to be especially if he's prone to be overlooked or sick or alone or undereducated or not like you. All right? You shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. <clears throat> well, I think, we, I think all of us need to repent. <clears throat> we get angry at God. I think if we're if we're truthful, we we need to we need to we need to uh, confess that we don't bend the knee nearly as quickly as we ought, and we don't say Thy will be done as quickly as we ought, especially in this you know in heavy providences. Uh, <clears throat> as for cursing a ruler of the people, it's it's an election year. You can you can tell that you know, verse twenty eight is going to be broken a lot here. Okay, it's an election year. It's going to be bad for a while, but don't you do it. You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest and from the overflow of your presses. It's, 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 a, it's an acknowledgement that all these things are from the Lord. Just like we have an offering, look, we're not giving God anything He doesn't already have. <laughs> Whatever we have is from the Lord, so let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but we are to... Uh, as Abraham, when he saw the three angels walking toward his tent, he left his tent quickly. You know, he imagines, again, it's a very Jewish scene, isn't it? Just a lot of energy going back and forth. Abraham hustling back to the oak and the tent. Hey, Sarah, hey, Sarah, Sarah. You know, quick cakes. In the Hebrew, it doesn't say, please bake me some bread. He said, no, bread. <laughs> Bring your offering quickly to the Lord. There ought to be a zeal in serving the Lord. Okay? The firstborn of your sons... You shall give to me. That's the, that's prescriptive from Egypt. Remember, <clears throat> and when that was not done, he took Levi uh, as a people instead of the firstborns because the firstborn of Pharaoh was killed. And then also the Lord says, "Okay, if you don't want to do that, well, uh, I'll accept." A, I don't know what the price was in shekels, but anyway, <clears throat> the firstborn is of the Lord. You should you should do the same with your oxen, with your sheep. Uh, seven days it shall be with its mother, and the eighth day you shall give it to me. <clears throat> Same principle. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You shall be consecrated to me. Therefore you shall not eat any flesh that is torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. Uh, I know many of you are dog owners and you love your dogs. Uh, God loves all of his creatures. He's not being disparaging to dogs. But dogs are not consecrated. Okay? <clears throat> and what we're going to find out in the inauguration of the Covenant of Grace in chapter 24 coming up, uh, the people and the altar are consecrated. There's a bond between God's people and the altar, and as it were, they're offered to God. They are consecrated. They, they are devoted. They are devoted to God. <clears throat> and so there's a difference uh, between the people of God that are consecrated 
and flesh that is not properly uh, handled the way that the Lord has, has instructed his people. This is a, an identity. Of, uh, this truly is a badge of identity. Um, I, th I would think ethically, ethically, if you were involved in an airplane crash on a mountainside in Peru and you were 70 miles from the nearest town and <clears throat> there was nothing to eat but some torn flesh, and hopefully it's not a human flesh, but some torn animal flesh of the ethics uh, of the situation requiring you to spare your life. This is more ceremonial and it's distinctive of Israel and civil law. But uh, you might try to convince me otherwise if you like. Throw it to the dogs. Uh, Again, <clears throat> it's not, this is not to be literal. You know, we're not playing catch with a dog. This is not a, no. This just saying, use it some other purpose. That's what, that's what the scripture is saying. It's not literally entertaining your dogs with it. Chapter 23, <clears throat> we're going to go through verse 19. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with wicked men, or wicked, wicked men to, for, to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil. You shall bear witness. You shall not wear, bear witness in a lawsuit, uh, siding with the many, <clears throat> so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man and his lawsuit. Here... <clears throat> We have a tendency, that we have a herd mentality to run with the numbers <clears throat> because we think it's safer. Uh, the presupposition is somebody must know what we're doing, um, and this seems to be a well-beaten path, so let's just all do this. <clears throat> and Jesus says, you know, the broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many there are that, you know, that perish. Few there are that find the gate. The narrow way, so that ought to <clears throat> that ought to get us thinking. Um, again, I've always thought better um, the acknowledgement <clears throat> and the friendship of three wise men than ten thousand fools. If you meet, oh well, <clears throat> also. When you're bearing witness, as in the courts of the church, membership, things like that, at session, you, you, you are uh, in a peculiar place of decision-making when you come before <clears throat> the session as <clears throat> they represent the church and Christ is there. As the, that's his government. Be careful what you say. Um, <clears throat> if you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. Now, this goes beyond loving your neighbor as yourself. This, this, this actually speaks about peacemaking. If you want, look, a brother offended is very difficult to win back. Very difficult to win back. But you got a chance here. The Lord in His providence will, will provide you a chance. That ox is valuable. The neighbor needs it. He's straining. It's hard work. It's not, you know. 
And now you take time. You see the Lord's goodness. This is what the Lord does with us. He comes to us. We are weak, but he makes time for us. All right. You shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge. Do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. The precept here is that he who does not rule justly will not rule long in God's kingdom. For the most part, the wicked kings in Judah, for the most part, there are huge exceptions, but for the most part, the wicked kings in Judah didn't reign very long. And again, these Hebrews were poor, oppressed by cruel tyranny in Egypt. They know, they know, and they should know what what this is like. In all parts of the world, people that have been oppressed in the past had this advantage. Uh, Presbyterians who were persecuted in England under uh, the Act of Uniformity, and they they, they had to flee to the continent. Later, the New World had opened up. Presbyterians, as far as I know, have never been systematic persecutors. I may be wrong, but we have been the ones that have been persecuted. I went to a funeral uh, in Taylor's uh, of a young woman who died, and she was very, very wise, and she, she arranged for an Anglican priest to uh, hold services. <clears throat> when he saw the whole, the whole assembly of the church before him, they were all Presbyterian. He wept and he apologized. If you are oppressed, you will hate bullying. You just will. If you've learned your lesson, you shall take no bribe for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. <clears throat> Again, there's a human weakness. Our weaknesses, if it's to our advantage, we'll, we'll jump on it. That's the flesh. It's, it's sight. It's, it's, you know, the love of money, the root of all evil. The bribe will open a lot of doors. And don't go about saying, well, that's just normal business practice in Colombia. You hear this all the time. Some, somebody's going to have to do something different <clears throat> to get away from this kind of injustice. If you play along with the game long enough, the world will continue in injustice. Are we not solved in light? Who's going to make the difference? Well, I might, I might lose the business deal. Okay, lose the business deal. Save your soul. What do you want to do? You should take no bribe. For a bribe blinds the clear-sighted. and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know the heart of a sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. (coughs) Again, don't need to make a comment there. Laws about the Sabbath and festivals. The number seven, Shabbat, Shabbat, is 
Everywhere it comes up in Scripture, everywhere in the Old Testament, everywhere it brings up, it, it connotes good, freedom, liberty, peace, abundance, health. Okay? If you're reading your Bible, you ought to be able to get it. The people that uh, don't keep the Lord's fourth commandment, it's just that they don't get it. They don't have, they don't know experiential Christianity. It's plain as day. Even in the Gospels, the Lord loved, he preferred to work on the Sabbath. Why? Because that's the day where he, the Lord draws closest to his people. Always. The Lord loved, loved, loved to work miracles on the, on the Sabbath. And it wasn't just to provoke, you know, the authorities. <clears throat> no, it was because <laughs> that's the Lord's day. All right. Uh, <clears throat> beginning then with verse 10, there's only nine more verses left. For six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield, <clears throat> but the seventh year, the seventh year you shall let it rest and, lay fa and lie follow, fallow, that the poor of your people may eat. Again, <clears throat> the interest of the poor. By the way, <clears throat> when Paul went back to Jerusalem to check out to see how things were going and consult with the other apostles and <clears throat> they were all of one accord. The Lord Jesus had, had supernaturally taught Paul. Uh, all the doctrines lined up. And uh, <clears throat> the, but the final admonition was only let's remember, let's remember the poor in the gospel venture. Because again, <clears throat> every inclination <clears throat> is to set up, we do it today. We, we, there, are, there are church boards that say, well, let's go to Peru and well, let's go to Brazil. We're going to establish a, a church in the middle of the city, but not in the dead middle of the city because the income level there is too low. Here's the higher income neighborhood, and we're going we're gonna to minister to doctors and nurses there because there's a huge medical complex. And we, what we want to do is this, this religion that we have is for intelligent people. Uh, does anybody else uh, see that that's not just? Does anybody else get this? All right. The poor of your people may eat, so leave your field fallow. And what they, what they leave, uh, here's in the interest in, in God's creatures, the beasts of the field may eat. So God's not disparaging dogs when you throw them torn meat. He has concern with all, I mean, the whole book, the, the book of Jonah ends with a concern for, for the beasts, which Jonah didn't have. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. That's such a beautiful thing. Have you seen, have you seen pictures of, of well-kept vineyards and orchards? It's just a glorious thing. And, and you know what? They, they really are uh, a tremendous possession. They're worth a lot of money. The right vineyard and the right orchard, they, you can make money on this. Uh, but it's an act of faith to obey the Lord and leave it fallow. Because the poor will certainly eat. And I don't know, maybe they'll, not only will they eat grapes, but maybe some of them will make some wine and have a little cheer every once in a while. You never know. Okay? You can live a long time on the energy uh, 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 that you get from pressing of an olive. There's a lot of food energy in olive oil. A lot. And it's all good stuff. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest. Again, concerned with animals, 
the fourth commandment has concern for animals. The third commandment has concern for all God's creatures because God's name is upon every creature. Okay. Um, and the son of your servant women, the alien, may be refreshed. Seven means rest, blessing, refreshment. It, it, you will be able to minister to people and, and, to, and to beasts. Your, your animals will fare better because you are giving them a break. The, everything works better. The world works on the abdominal cycle of seven. When are we going to get this? It's apparent in every calendar of the world. Nations have tried to change the calendar from seven to ten and seven for twenty. The Babylonian system, sixteen. Uh, no, it keeps going back to what seven because the Lord decrees, and it's that it's been that way since the foundation of the world. Let's let's read our Bibles. Pay attention to all that I have said. Make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Unfortunately, we got all kinds of stuff going on now on Netflix and, and Prime Video. Everybody knows the Norse gods. I, I heard a rumor from a friend, a report from a friend, that all of Chile now has is, is gone mad with, with Norse gods and stuff like that. Pagan gods. Everybody wants to be, and I won't mention the name in this assembly. <laughs> of course not. Don't bring up ancient heresies either in the church. If you're, if you're a Bible teacher, just leave the dead in the grave. Unless you see them as a danger to the church and you've got to speak. Leave, leave that to the people in charge who hopefully <clears throat> are more discerning. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast. To me, this is a kind of a Sabbath. The feasts are Sabbaths, and this is what in Colossians, we're told that uh, not to be regarding moons and seasons, and uh, it's because these are ceremonial uh, in nature. Uh, it doesn't mean that the moral equity uh, is not there, that we ought to take perhaps times of study leave, perhaps times of extended prayer. Okay, the moral equity is, is still here, uh, but this is a, cer a ceremonial, <coughs> peculiar, uh, a literal ceremonial uh, commandment peculiar to Israel. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of the unleavened bread. As I commanded you, you shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt. <clears throat> Again, it's a massively important event that the people, nothing of the revelation will make sense except that it's a, it's a, it's, God pronounces liberty to his people. Under the, the principles and the elements of the world, we're slaves, even in the Old Testament. And now we're portrayed as free under Jehovah. We were common, and now we're special, we're holy, we're sanctified. All these things run straight into the New Testament. And so, of course, they're going to keep the feast, and that's where the Passover is, you know, and, and at the end of the piece of unleavened bread. Uh, <clears throat> None shall appear before me empty-handed, you wouldn't do that to a, a governor, would you? Would you do that to your king? Would you, if you were invited <clears throat> uh, to a prominent person's house uh, as a guest, um, I don't know the customs of this country, but the way, <laughs> the way I was brought up, you bring a little something, you know? I bring a little something to God. Not that he needs it, 
but he is to be approached by, by offering. He is, he is not to be approached without offering. That is to say, blood. So bring your oxen, bring your sheep, etc. Bring a dove if you're poor. You shall keep the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labor, of which is sown in the field. You shall keep the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. Three times in the year, you shall all uh, shall all your males appear before the Lord God. <clears throat> now, again, <clears throat> this is a reminder. It's a good for our souls to remember that God takes care of us. And these feasts were not a burden. Well, you know, I mean, you have to prepare, and there's, you know, you have to... <clears throat> but when you finally got to Jerusalem, you had friends, you had family, uh, you, had, you could eat, uh, you could drink whatever you wanted. This, this text doesn't fill it out for you, but these feasts were fun. And, and, and the Lord had peace offerings, and you could sit at table with, you know with the Lord, uh, but uh, it's, it's a way that the, it's a way that, that God's people uh, have markers and they remember that God is taking care of them. Didn't we have a good harvest? Yes. Why? The Lord continues to bless us. Oh, and what about when we forget the Lord? What happens? Huh. Read your Old Testament. It gets rather bad. Famine, plague, war. All right. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened or let the fat of my feast remain until the morning. Again, a ceremonial, but uh, uh, the Lord, the leaven representing purity. And again, the Passover comes to mind. The haste of everyone leaving sweeping the house clean, and uh, they were delivered. The best, the best of the fruit, first of the ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Again, if the Lord is, uh, is God, then he ought to be preeminent in all things. That's the teaching. That's the moral equity of that. Uh, give, him, give him the best hour of your day. If you wake up and you have energy, for some reason I had plenty of energy this morning. I woke up at 4.30. I was zooming like my dog. Sometimes the dogs get zoomies, you know, the dogs won't zoom. I had the zooms at 4.30 in the morning. I got up and I, I won't tell you what I did. There's all kinds of stuff. I prepared breakfast for Susie. was ready and way, way, way ahead of time for Sunday school. Okay. But if that's you in the morning, give God your best hour. Don't wait until you're dog tired and you flop in your bed. You go, oh no, I didn't do my readings and my prayer and well, the Lord will. The Lord knows your heart, and the Lord knows your intent. But remember Abraham. <laughs> remember, you can just see him there, the oaks of Mamre, running out of his tent, and, and here come the angels, and he's, oh, you know, quick, let's, you're eager to meet with the Lord. Zeal is a good thing in Scripture, and we ought to be zealous unto good works. Okay, the last one: you should not boil a young goat in his mother's milk. That's just another badge for the Jew. That distinguishes the Jew. What can you say? Uh, Cubans eat palomilla steak. Uh, Jews don't boil their kid in the mother's milk. That's, they were to be a unique people, and they were to seek one another out. It helps the identity of finding, finding a wife. 
It, it keeps the people's customs. We're familiar. It, it's home. By the way, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not commending this as a practice, but I, 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 as a young man, I, I quickly found out that there's a certain incense that the Roman Catholic Church uses. It's, the recipe is, is, is well kept, and it has a very particular odor. It's not offensive. I don't think it's a great odor, but it's an odor. I don't know what it is. Don't ask me what it is. It's a secret recipe, okay? Uh, but when you walk into any sanctuary, you're going to smell that odor. At least you used to. <clears throat> I don't know. When I was growing up, that's what it was. So that whether you're in New York or in Phoenix, <clears throat> Miami or in Seattle, you walk in and your olfactory has you in a place that's familiar. It's like walking into your Italian grandmother's kitchen and smelling <clears throat> rosemary and garlic. I'm home. <clears throat> and, and so the Jew has these laws. I think they're badges, and they, they basically define this is home. It has nothing to do with <clears throat> moral excellence. Anyway, uh, just some commentary. I could not find any way <laughs> to stitch this in the form of an outline. But you can see that much of this is tinged by the history of the people and how it helps providentially uh, to be kind, to be compassionate, to, be, to have regard for others. Um, and also uh, the moral law, <clears throat> the more you think about that the law is good, that the law is of love, that commandments of God are good, we are to trust the Lord, the Lord will provide. He wants us to be his people, he wants us to be holy. God is different than the, the gods of, of other nations, so, okay, we've got some different laws, but God is different, so let's go with God. That's what's being taught here. And uh, this is a religion that endured, that endured for 1,500 years. Uh, no kingdom, said the Queen of Sheba, had such, right, such righteous laws. No kingdom had such just rules as Israel. Done properly, this is a, a good and holy nation. So we ought to make an effort to understand the Word of God and love what He loves and give Him tribute as His people. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for <clears throat> the ancient testimony of Your Scriptures. We don't understand all Your ways, nor, your, nor why You prescribe some things and not others, but <clears throat> We are yours in the bond of a covenant, and we know that's a gracious covenant that you have planned good for us and not evil, and that you are our Heavenly Father through Christ. And we pray, Lord, that as we obey you, we would do so <clears throat> as a result of hearts that are thankful and grateful, not, not to earn your <clears throat> favor or to certainly not to earn heaven. <clears throat> Help us to remember that you are a God that requires offering. We come to you always in the name of Christ and in the blood of the covenant. <clears throat> Help us, Lord, in our providences uh, when you humble us that it is for our welfare that we relate to the poor, the lowly, the afflicted, the widow, the orphan, the stranger. Help us to be a church that is open to all in our neighborhood. We pray, Lord, that we would resemble our God who is most gracious and leave, Lord, matters of vengeance to you, for we know you are zealous for your widows and orphans and sojourners. 
Be blessed, Lord, and be renowned in your own people and your church. We pray it through Jesus. Amen. Let's sing our last hymn. <clears throat> Trust no, and obey. 672, let's rise. <clears throat>